According to the United Nations 2019 report on world population aging, virtually every country in the world is experiencing growth in the size and proportion of older persons in their population. By 2050, it's estimated that 15% of the global population will be aged 65 years or over. How do we sustainably address an aging global population? One solution may be the villages. America's largest active adult retirement community Located in sunny central Florida, it's also home to a sustainable, hyper-local community food system that other communities can learn from. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is GreenSense, where we go in-depth with eco-innovations like the Village's Grown Local Farm, and we're joined by Executive Director Jennifer Waxman. Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, for those who may not know of the Village's, uh, give us a brief thumbnail of the key attributes of this retirement community and tell us in general why it's so unique, and then we'll get into the farm operation. Absolutely. So the Villages is the largest retirement community in the world. Um, actually, we have over 165,000 residents, soon to be 250,000 over the coming years. Um, we span three counties going on four, and we are uh, honed in as being the happiest and healthiest hometown in America. That's um, amazing. Yes. <laughs> And what are some of the unique attributes? So we have all kinds of things going on here from entertainment to hospitality to every kind of club you can imagine. There's 3,800 clubs governed by the actual villagers whom we call the residents themselves, spanning everywhere from healthy eating to gardening to cooking, you name it. Um, we have an enrichment academy here, which is anything that you've ever wanted to do. There's an expert living here with flying planes, mandolin, you name it, um, that are teaching other villagers. Um, and 365 entertainment on each square. Uh, every day there's something going on here. And we came in to create a local food system. So ticking every boxes of where you wouldn't retire and oh my gosh, now we have our local food system. And we're not, it's not just a food system where we're just the grower, we bring in other local growers and we educate about why that's so important. Well, that's pretty amazing. It sounds like you wanna get old and retire. <laughs> it's pretty enticing. So let's, let's dig into the FOOM system. Uh, you have a 40-acre farm operation. Uh, tell us about the crops you grow and the different ways you grow them. Absolutely. So we're on 85 acres, but 40 acres will be under production. You are correct. Um, we are a controlled environment agriculture operation, or I'll refer to as CEA, which means we grow indoors 365 days a year with no seasons. Um, we are diverse, uh, diversified product mix. So we're a little different than any other CEA out there because we believe you've got to eat from the rainbow. It's for optimal wellness. And that's what we're here to deliver in the villages. So we grow everything from tomatoes, including heirlooms, lettuces, petite greens, uh, microgreens, which we lead with as a food as medicine approach, herbs and specialty items, depending on the client and the shells that we have to fill in our own stores here. That's pretty amazing. It's hard to grow such a wide variety of crop. So tell us a little bit about what are the benefits of having this hyper local farm for both the residents and, and the benefits to the environment? So we're a low carbon footprint. In fact, part of our operation is vertical. So in our first nine acres that we're on right now for phase one of the 40 acres, we'll do seven and a half million pounds of produce in such a small footprint. Um, the benefits are our whole model is harvesting and getting it to that end consumer, whether B2B or B2C, within two to 48 hours upon harvest. And that's extremely important for optimal wellness. 
because that's where the vitality of the nutrients are still intact and that one can consume for optimal nutrient intake. Um, and so we get that delivered uh, hyper local and hyper quickly. And so we're a food is medicine approach first and foremost. So we, we deem our product to be grown in such a fashion that it elicits the highest nutrients possible. So it's, it, that's a very big benefit. We will back that by a health impact study to prove that what we're just saying isn't hype, but pre mid post health evaluations with our medical network here, including UF and the village's health, um, showcasing that eating like this from a, a hyperlocal food system grown the right way and not all food is created nor grown equally will have a positive benefit on one's health and well-being. So we're extremely excited to have that health impact study because it's never been done in the world. What makes the farm sustainable? So we uh, use less than 95% of the water. We, we employ both hydroponic and aeroponic methodologies here. Um, lower inputs, because we've really, uh, over many years, I've surrounded myself by growers that are a lot smarter than me who have cracked the code um, on eliciting high nutrient, uh, high nutrient uptake of the plant that we in turn consume and using less inputs. We also use um, mother nature, we use sunshine here. So we're not a full uh, synthetic uh, lighting operation, which many CEARs, Part of our operation does include full lights in our vertical farm um, operation side of the property. But then we use mother, good old mother nature. We are in Florida here. So we supplement with light when we get a cloudy day or some rain, but otherwise it's, it's full uh, lighting. And we also use integrated pest management or IPM. So we've got worker bees and all kinds of awesome uh, things happening here where we can use less input, other inputs that most farms would use because mother nature is working inside and outside for us. And to me, that's one of the most important things is not using pesticides. So those beneficial insects can be, you know, a great value both to the environment and to the quality of the vegetables and fruits you grow. So who is the champion of this idea? Um, well, you're speaking to her. <laughs> um, I'm the visionary behind this. Um, I, I say it's a championship in, in partnership with the developer of the villages. They had a dream. They have their roots are in agriculture. It's all always a legacy project they wanted to do, but they couldn't find the right people to partner with, as it is a unique approach. Uh, we came in to kind of pitch what I had seen around the world for my my 20 plus years in this industry. I, I one of the first and 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 commercially viable hydroponics in the US, having traveled the world for many years. Um, and we kind of pitched a vertically integrated model. We said we can't just be the grower, we've got to bring in local other local growers and let them do what they do best and that's farm and we'll tell their story. We've got to distribute on, on some level to get that two to 48 hour window straight to those in need. Um, we've got to educate because none of this matters if we're not educating. And then we need the science behind it. So we need that health impact study. And the developer who is always looking for the best uh, offerings to the villages, which is why it's so successful as the number one retirement community in the world said, that's exactly what we're looking for. Now we've got every single reason someone will be happy and healthy here in the village's hometown. So uh, we're about five and a half years in the making and, and already in production and selling throughout multiple distribution channels and making people happy. Well, ideas are easy. The hard part is execution. Tell us about some of the challenges to go from idea to reality. Okay. So supply chain, COVID, <laughs> <laughs> those two things would be, would be the, the largest, um, uh, challenges we had. We also, um, I think there was underestimation with the energy company we were working with of how much power we actually use. That would be our big input. Um, we're, we have sustainability initiatives uh, to counterbalance that, but we are a power generator um, 
for you know moving our AI control system and our lighting and all that. So that put us back a little bit. So really construction delays that just compiled with COVID and supply chain issues. But other than that, we're working with the best group in the world here at the villages. They move quick and they move efficient. So um, challenges would be also be that there's not enough of me to get out there and educate as fast as people are, are have an appetite pun intended for this education here in the villages. Well, one of the limiting factors I see in agriculture is water. You know, you're down in Florida, a lot of saltwater intrusion. Uh, there's a lot of water, but the quality may not be there. How, how big of an issue is water? So we, we don't have that issue here. The Villages has done a really good job with their water rights. We're feeding, you know, going on four counties of community and need, needing um, uh, water here. So and we have our own well system. So that actually was not an issue for us. And we test our water frequently. Water is a heartbeat of a hydroponic uh, operation, of course. Hydro meaning, you know, we grow in water. So we got real lucky on that end. I've, I've been a consultant for many years in this space, and, and that's always been a challenge. Thankfully, that was not one of our challenges here. Well, farming's hard work. Uh, CEA or controlled environment agriculture makes it a lot easier. And I found that the easy part is growing the vegetables. The hard part's the business model. It's selling those vegetables, distributing them, reducing waste, and making a profit. So tell us about your business model. How do you sell and distribute the produce you grow? So it, it hasn't been hard. I, I had a lot of these um, relationships prior to going to the villages ground. So we had we built a good um, following. I started Slow Food in 2007 and kind of built a local food scene in Central Florida. So we were able to leverage a lot of those long-term relationships. And also um, the villages has multiple companies within the villages. So it was really easy to get out there and get people on board from the restaurants to the assisted living facilities to the hospital network here. And then we built out. So we went back to our central Florida roots and, and who already knew us from our previous world and said, hey, now we're on the other side, we're growing. We're not just helping distributors or farmers or what have you, we've got the full gamut here. So the buy-in was, was easier. I'm very passionate too, and, and we're educators. So we're going in and educating restaurateurs, their staff, we're educating the distributor. And when you, when you add that extra layer, which a lot of people miss from the farm level, um, people really have a good buy-in and a sense of ownership in the brand. So it has taken us about two years, but again, we've been in this for about five and a half years. We took two years purely of strategic planning. So we had it sold before we went to market and that's key. And that's where a lot of people do build it. They will come and then they fail. We did it the other way around. And I concur with you that that uh, really gives you a leg up, but a lot of people don't have the capital or the vision to go through that two-year planning process. But to me, that that's the difference between winners and losers. You, you really need to uh, perfect all your processes. So another big challenge for many farmers is uh, how do you balance supply and demand? Uh, eating patterns change throughout the uh, seasons, uh, especially when you're dealing with restaurants. Uh, there's, there's seasonal fluctuations, there's different menus and different produce use. How do you reduce shrink and waste so that you're matching supply with demand? Diversified channels of distribution. So we're in large retailers, we have our own retail, we uh, work through distributors and we deliver direct to a variety of restaurants, restaurant holding groups, assisted living facilities and outside of the villages. So we really made sure we had a diversified channel of opportunity. And that's how we've been able to, you know, weather the storms of up and down volatility in the market. Well, those are two big hurdles it seems like you've overcome. And the last one, of course, is you need to be profitable to continue your operations or at least break even. So what are the challenges you face in making a farm uh, uh, a profitable operation? 
So that's, I think that's always going to be a challenge, but I think CEA is here to stay. And so people are really investing in it and writing pretty nice contracts uh, to secure supply. Um, the, some of the beauty of, of CEA, if done right, and you know, our model is we'll hold the pricing for a year. So we've got a lot of commitments. We can get two to five year contract commitments. Um, so we really know where our, our capital is coming from and where it's going and where our top line revenue is coming from for, for years out. So that's that's really been able to help us. But again, we are still a startup phase because construction, you know, we're about 85% construction complete. So we still consider ourselves a startup. Um, and so, and, and like you said before, we had the two years of planning, but you can pay for that planning now, or you can pay for it later. We'd <laughs> rather pay for it in the beginning and then profit throughout. Well, I think you've got a t-shirt there. CEA is here to stay. <laughs> there you, go. you and I can co-brand that one. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how much of the food that's grown on your farm is consumed by the residents? So right now we're about 2575. So 25 by residents, 75 offsite. Yes. And that's, and, that's going to change here. That's going to change here a lot because really, again, this is a, a, a large demographic of people that are retired that want to be educated. So that programming takes a little bit longer here um, and to change ways a little bit longer here. But once that's set in, we'll probably flip the mix there. So education is key. There's only one of me um, and, and I've participated in a lot of other things, but Every time we do, let's say, uh, a speaking engagement, we see an uptick. Um, we work here closely with publics and they even see an uptick as well. So we had to go where we knew people knew us to get that product moving because you don't want anything dying on the vine. It comes out so quickly in CEA. Why we're educating here in our own backyard, it's more of a long-term strategy here for our demographic. Right now, you said that you're providing about 25% of your produce goes to the residents, 75% goes off-site. Yes. Uh, what would it take to uh, feed all the residents? I think you said it was somewhere around 170,000. Do you have enough capacity there on the farm to feed everybody? 100%. So if we're do, if you kind of think about the math of nine acres doing seven and a half million pounds of produce per year, and we have a 40 acre production footprint, and then we have the ability to replicate. So that's not gonna be a problem for us. And we'll also be able to sustain our offsite relationships as well. But uh, more importantly is we built a farm network. So it's not just reliant on what we're growing here. We've literally built, built a network. We have about 22 other farm partners of ours locally as well. Fantastic. So one of the big issues we all know and hear about is labor. And one of the issues with uh, retiring is sometimes you may not have saved enough money. Do you employ any local residents to work at the farm where you could solve two issues? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we certainly do. Um, and we've, we've got, it's very, uh, it, Cute is the only word that comes to mind, but we have probably on a daily basis, somebody that reaches out and says, I'm a gardener or a master gardener, and I just want to donate my time. I mean, these, this is like free labor coming at me, but <laughs> because we're global wow. gap certified from heaven, <laughs> global gap certified, and um, we're not open to the public. We don't, we don't um, take in that kind of talent. We usually convert them to part-time. Um, there's a lot of people that think they're ready to completely retire and then realize they're a little bored. And so they're just excited about the future of our, our what we're doing here and they want to be a part of it so that we have a lot of part-timers. Well, you spoke earlier about uh, the, the farm as a source of hyper-fresh, nutrient-dense food to support healthy, active lifestyles. Have you noticed residents becoming healthier and happier in the five years since you started? And how do you measure that? I measure it through gratitude, hugs, <laughs> and tears. 
Um, we literally will have people line up when we do speaking engagements. We get out there quite frequently. And we're about to kick that vehicle up even more. We're out there actually engaging at recreation centers, events, and other speaking engagements. And they will line up. And we've had people tell us that we made a produce sexy again. Um, we, we made it so that it wasn't boring that they had all these options. We educated them and we made them feel empowered and they have this sense of ownership and, and not only the villages as a brand, but the villages grown and now their own health into their own hands. And so that's the measurement now. And then we'll put the science behind it um, here shortly. One of the biggest signs of success is when somebody copies you. Uh, have other retirement communities or people from different kinds of communities took a look at what you've done and they're trying to replicate this? Uh, yeah, and it, there's we um, are probably one of the first in consultants for the majority of the agri-hoods here in Florida, um, and then we were able to really put it to the test here. It's, we're not an agri-hood, um, but we were able to take elements of consult we've done for agri-hoods here, um, and then they, we've seen those clients, because we were a consulting firm, come back to us and ask us for help, and, and we've also been asked in, in a global setting, as we speak at so many speaking engagements, we've had a lot of government entities come to us. Um, so it's really exciting. This is all about replication. We want to be the first, of course, to prove that we can truly do a local food system, which we've gotten away from in the U.S. and the world. So we believe we're the first modern, true local food system here in the U.S. right now, and we hope that people want to replicate it. And so that the U.S. can feed the U.S. from the U.S. here. We're, our whole goal is feeding Florida from Florida and then hopefully take that into a wider approach throughout the U.S. and, and help people replicate this type of system. Well, we've been involved with some uh, mixed-use agri-centric developments, and I really think that that is a new way. You call them agri-hoods. Um, I see them happening in many different versions, but people want to be close to their food, and I think you've really put your uh, finger on the pulse of how things are changing uh, with our food supply. I'm going to ask you one last question. I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. What gets you most excited about your job? Everything. This is, As a visionary, who honestly came to this vision from a lot of the failures we personally had and, and failures of clients that we had to come in and save um, to know that we were able to put this all together and have someone that really believed in what we were doing and didn't cherry pick pun intended our ideas but said listen run with it we believe in you and do it wholeheartedly exactly how you put it out we'll back you because we think this is the best thing for our residents and our community how can you not be happy to get up every day to that? And to have those tears on the street, well, it's very hard for us to wear our branded shirts and not get stopped and get a hug or even a selfie. And that's just pure motivation right there. Well, Jennifer, I really enjoyed speaking with you and you are living proof that one person still can uh, change things out there. So as you said, CEA is here to stay. Uh, get that branded on your t-shirt and thanks for joining us on Green Sense. Thanks for having me, appreciate it. That's Jennifer Waxman, Executive Director for The Villages Grown. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is GreenSense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And check out the GreenSense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 105.9 WBBM Chicago.